Hey guys, welcome back to Tribe of Nerds. We're going to be talking about episode 2 of What If, and I think everybody has been anticipating the Chadwick Boseman episode of What If, uh, his last episodes, or his last performances in anything were in What If. Um, so, what were your guys' impressions this episode? After I absorbed this episode and just based off the last one, I kind of feel like this is more like a kids show now. <laughs> like I can, it kind of that just kind of that it kind of solidified it for me. Yeah, it's just like uh, the pacing and like the humor and it all of it all, which is like it's chill, like kids stuff or like animated stuff rather mm-hmm. can be like really good. It can be like you know. It can still be good, like, just because it's for, you know, a younger audience doesn't mean it has to be, you know, like, bad. But, like, as soon as it started, it started up with, like, the hee-hee funny, like, goofy, just kind of cliche humor. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, we don't have time for this. Like, we literally talked about last week how it was, like, kind of, like, crunched as far as pacing goes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, shut up. But, like, it, it was, like, it was really nice seeing, like... Uh, T'Challa slash Star Lord again, right? Or rather, T'Challa as Star Lord. I thought that shit was cool. Yeah, uh, that's like aside from like all my complaints about like all that other stuff. Like, I, I just didn't feel like the jokes landed and stuff. But like, that's really the worst I could say about it. Like, the episode felt more uh, pacing felt a little better. It seems like they had the same idea, like how can we, like, condense this hypothetical movie into 30 minutes, you know? I think the second episode did a better job than the first. Yeah, I'll agree with you, Gabe, in terms of the humor, for sure, and I know JJ is probably going to have similar points. I mean, really, some of the stuff, like, they were kind of spoofing off of stuff from the first Guardians, like, the did the complete opposite of what happened in that movie right. uh, in, in that beginning, and then it was just kind of, like, over-the-top, like, I just didn't expect it to be that over the top, and I was just like, okay, I mean... Yeah, it's like five minutes into the show, I'm like, we're still doing this bit, dude? Like, before, like, you see the first action sequence or whatever. Yeah, so it was just really a really odd thing to to put in there. Um, yeah, and, I mean, there were some really, really cool things that they did in the episode, but we'll get into that as we go through. JJ, your impressions? Uh, I did like this episode a lot more than I liked the first one, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's a lot because they got the timing better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I told Jake this and Will this, uh, and our when we were talking yesterday. But uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that T'Challa had his own starring solo film, and so we got a lot more character development out of that person in another MCU. Um, uh, thing we did have agent carter but that wasn't as widely received right um, a lot more people uh have seen black panther and are more familiar with the character so we don't need as much character development from him in this episode to um get into his story that being said i totally agree on some of the humor uh i thought it was an interesting twist what they did with thanos like it does not bother me at all that uh he's now going straight but he still doesn't seem like like, that seemed a little out of character for him. Um, I, I just don't see him being a funny guy in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems like he would just be, like, super serious all the time. Also, I, I'm i probably screwing up his name again. Korvath? 
Korath, the Pursuer. Korath, the Pursuer. That, the character I got from him in this episode is not at all the character that I felt like I received in the Guardians movies or Captain Marvel. Right. And, like, right. that's fine. Again, it's what if, so other things are different. And, like, I'm even okay with them going as far as making him T'Challa's biggest fan. But, like, it just was so over the top, like Gabe was saying. Yeah. Um, some other things I'll point out is I did love the collector's, um, like, I guess the layer. I loved his museum, the design yeah. of it and uh, all the different things that were there. There were definitely some Easter eggs that I missed, I'm sure. So oh, I'll yeah. have to go back and look again. Um, overall, pretty solid episode, I think. Yeah, the collectors, the collector's museum was really, really cool. Um, I have some stuff to say about the collector. I just, when I saw his appearance, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> um, but we'll get into that as we go. I just didn't expect him to look a certain, the, like, he just looked different compared to in Guardians of the Galaxy. Dude, the collector was yoked in this shit. Yeah. I don't know why he was so buff. <laughs> he looked, okay. I liked it, though. I did, too. Yeah, he was intimidating. He looked like an anime villain, to be honest. <laughs> Well, I think a lot of that might come from uh, with Thanos gone, he's now filling the void. Right. Like, he's running the Black Order and everything now. Um, so, I really, to me, it makes sense that the Collector would see this opportunity that he could use to then get so much more of what he wants, and he would work towards that. And becoming that physically intimidating presence... Um, is an important factor of that. So I wonder if he did that solely for the purpose of taking over power. Yeah. Yeah, that is, it is interesting to, like, think about. And, like, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about the other, the all the recurring voices um, as well here. So let's, let's get into that. Um, so, of course, we got Chadwick Boseman, as we've said. Josh Brolin as Thanos. Um, Jaiman Hansu as Korath. Uh... Karen Gillan is back as Nebula, which was a really interesting take as well. I'm sure we're going to have stuff to say about her. Um, Benicio del Toro is the collector, um, which he sounded different is my other comment I was going to make. Like, it just sound, it didn't sound the same as how Benicio del Toro sounded in, like, Guardians or, like, it, I just feel like Benicio del Toro in the past is, like, at least in guardians and then like in star wars the last jedi where he was the codebreaker in that movie or that universe uh like it he just had like a different way of speaking so that was a bit interesting um uh john connie and denai guerrera as uh t'chaka and okoye are also back for minor uh roles michael rooker as yondu seth green as howard the duck um uh, Kurt Russell as Ego for one line. Um, uh, the Black Order voices all return. Um, Ebony Maw, Proxima Midnight, um, Corvus Glaive, I believe. And obviously Calypsodian just roars and growls. So, I mean... <laughs> um, and then Sean Gunn as Kraglane and Chris Sullivan as Taserface. Um, and I believe that's all the voices that returned. So... Any, any, like, surprises to have them return, or, like, did you guys want to, like, kind of just, like, talk about, like, differences with these characters in this, like, alternate universe? The only person I was, like, super shocked to see was Big Purple Man. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanos, let's, let's talk about that, for sure. 
So as JJ mentioned earlier in our impressions, like Thanos being on the good side and being like, well, T'Challa convinced me like that, you know, what I was saying, what I was doing was wrong. Um, that was interesting to me. Um, I do agree with JJ that I think Thanos would be more serious regardless than funny. Um, so that was a bit interesting to have Brolin's voice do a little bit more humor with Thanos. Um, otherwise, uh, the, I love the part at the end with, uh, when they're talking in Wakanda and Okoye is like calling Thanos out like, yeah, it's still genocide. He's like, but random, dispassionate. And, and it's, yeah, that, that was the, like one of the only jokes or the humor that landed. He's like, but it's random. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was kind of a switch up for me. I, I uh, understand the premise of what if things can be kind of kooky crazy, <laughs> but I just did not, I can't fathom a good, fa- a good Thanos. That just doesn't make sense to me. Like, he's like, yeah, once I went straight, like in the middle of the episode, like as if he's a reformed criminal. I'm like, dude, do you remember what you tried to do <laughs> once you went straight? Yeah, it, it, it's quite interesting. JJ, you have more thoughts on this? Um, I, well, I was actually going to talk about a different character because I kind of already gave my thoughts on Thanos. Oh, that's true. Um, Nebula's appearance yeah. surprised me. And, like, she has hair, cool. Like, that's a different design choice. Her skin looked a different color than it was in the movie. Like, it looked like a starker shade of blue, which that was interesting to me. Yeah, so I believe that in the comics she has hair. I don't know that it's that blonde, though, so that was a different choice. And I believe the skin is probably because she didn't have as many cybernetic enhancements because Thanos was good, so he didn't, like, abuse her as much and, like you know, take out parts of her body as much, it seemed. So I feel like she's less cybernetic in this universe. Um, it was interesting to have her be, like, kind of double-crossing as well, like she did in the episode. But then also, like, I don't know, felt like she was definitely flirting with T'Challa in this universe, like, calling him Cha-Cha. And, like, that was interesting to me. Especially, like, And it makes sense because, obviously, like, Peter Quill and Gamora in the main MCU universe and, like, this alternate timeline it's nebula with the new star lord so that 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 was interesting to see yeah i agree sorry go ahead Gabe. oh i just was gonna say i thought she was gonna switch up and betray them but mm-hmm. it's nice to see she didn't mm-hmm. yeah there was a lot of like back and forth stuff in this episode and i wasn't really sure what was gonna happen because they can change whatever they want with any character so it's like i don't even know enough about these characters to know whether they would or not you know right yeah it it is interesting to just like think about all these differences um and then like we you know i think we should talk about like the choice that started this alternate timeline that yondu and craglin and Taserface, like the ravagers they took t'challa from wakanda instead of peter quill from missouri so that was interesting and obviously as We'll talk about the end scene at, at the very end, but, like, as we see, like, Peter Quill then grows up to be, you know, a normal person until the, the moment that happens at the end. But, um, yeah, that, it, it was interesting to me just, like, to have this new choice of, like, and it was it was an accident, clearly, because they didn't mean to pick up T'Challa, but they just did. Pick so up just a random kid from Earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did actually like their explanation, though, because... They said, like, it was loaded with cosmic energy, and 
it really would be. Yeah. Like, and I also totally believe that his crewmates are stupid enough to do that. Well, we know Taserface was stupid enough, and... Small humanoid, that must be him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I can buy Taserface, and I guess Craglin, but I don't know, like, at least... I don't know. I, I liked Craglin more, but, like, yeah. I, I can still I, buy that he's also stupid, so... I don't understand why they didn't still get Peter, though. Like, sure, keep T'Challa if you see something in him, but why not still do the job? I don't know. That was interesting to me that it just, like, changes what they decide to do. Um, I don't know maybe if it... He, like, maybe, like, when they picked him up, they liked T'Challa so much, they, like, they just all went straight. Like, you know, like, they did the whole Robin Hood thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they do that in the original Guardians, or are they just kind of, like, scumbags? So, so, well, so, kind of. I mean, like, you get a little bit, like... Yanu's a little bit back and forth, at least in the first Guardians, of like, okay, well, I'm gonna help Quill and the Guardians fight Ronin, but then, like, I have my own idea, plans, and then Guardians 2 is where Yandu has the complete turn to, like, being good, um, and doing the right thing. I, I, I did think that, like, Yandu, um, I, I, I felt like maybe picking up T'Challa is kind of like, okay, well, Yandu has that change of heart, like, a lot earlier, and he just wants to... Like, he figures out, okay, well, you know... Well, because, I mean, when he picked up Quill and Guardians, like, he'd already had that thing where he wasn't going to turn him over to Ego, like, planned, because he figured, well, I saw what Ego is actually doing, so I'm not... I wasn't going to turn Peter over, actually. Yeah, so. that makes sense. By the time he, like, picked up the child and got to know him and everything, he's like, mm, okay, let's just forget this whole operation, I guess. Yeah, so that that's probably what it was in this universe. They just... They, Yandi was already on to the fact that Ego was just eating children or killing his own children to, or you know, to you just use their energy. No. So. Um. All right, and I mean, there's I I um. It was cool to have Seth Green as well as Howard the Duck. Um, just as that little cameo where he gets ta- he gets uh released from the little his little cell and then he's like drinking at the bar, um. That, that was just a cool little thing. Um, and again, like, a you know, a minor role such as this, and you get someone like Seth Green, who's, like, a really funny uh, voice actor, actor that does, like, comedic roles like this. This is, like, the umpteenth time we've seen this freaking duck, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little curious about that. Like, Marvel's not one for the, the like, comedic sticks that they keep throughout the MCU. There's really very few, if any, of them. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Howard the Duck, which makes me think that he's going to be used for something more important at some point. I really did think that he was going to be a more important part of this episode when he first came in. Like, okay, he's the guy. Cool. Now we can actually get something out of this character they've shown a couple times. And then he was at the bar and he was done. Yeah. Like, oh, well. You just had T'Challa saying, why don't you give me the tour? And, like, that, you know, that that iconic line from this episode, so. Speaking of cameos, though, we also get Cosmo. Yes, Cosmo the Space Dog ends up with Yondu and T'Challa at the end. Um, that, that was cool. I mean, I kind of wish they went really out there as well and made Cosmo speak Russian telepathically, like, in the comics and stuff. Um because they didn't do that in the original Guardians, but I guess it was keeping with when Cosmo cameoed in that movie, so. Huge. 
Yeah. I don't so. remember it, dog. It was the it was in the collector's museum in the first one, and then like the collector, like when the, Howard the Duck has the post credit scene at the end of that movie, uh, Cosmo's licking the collector's face. So, I believe I I believe that's the only parts that Cosmo was in. Oh, and then I think he was in like the credits montages of uh, Guardians Two. So. I see. Um. Alright, um, anything else with this voice cast? I mean, we kind of already have said about Jaiman Hansu as Korath being, like, T'Challa's biggest fan and that being over the top, so, I mean, I, I don't really know if anything else we haven't discussed, and I want to I wanna save the Kurt Russell as Ego, like, that stuff till the end, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm good, personally. I just will say, in general, again, with this episode, any voice actors that did change, um didn't do different enough voices that it took me out of the show and that's a testament to the casting ability because i know well i guess i don't know because i haven't spent time looking at the cast but i'm guessing that not all of them are the same yeah so oh yeah the other cameo drax obviously cameos at the bar um interestingly enough he says because thanos is now good um and t'challa apparently destroyed ronin in the kree invasion that was destroying Drax's uh home so Drax still is his family and everything so that was a bit interesting but if you guys have heard uh Dave Bautista uh says he wasn't even contacted to like voice his voice Drax in this series um if you guys have read like the interviews and stuff and apparently it was like some sort of miscommunication because Marvel's like oh we would have gotten Dave Bautista back uh but I don't know it seems like it was some sort of miscommunication I thought he was kind of done with that part anyways. After Guardians 3, three. he's going to be done. And and Thor Love and Thunder, because the Guardians are going to be in that as well. But I believe after after those two movies, Batista's said he's done, because, yeah, he's getting too old to be, like, shirtless. I get that. I I, I think that there were some people that were like, are you kidding me? You're you're literally a bodybuilder. I'm like... (laughs) But his people can be self-conscious even if they're like the buffest dude in the room or just like feel old like you know you start to feel your age like yeah and like he's literally you know i can get him not wanting to like do a bunch of movies where he just like caked in makeup and everything for hours true yeah doing that kind of a makeup it takes a really long time and sometimes it can be really uncomfortable too um it's especially when they have to use prosthetics. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, back to, like, the Drax character, though, I was really kind of hoping we would get to see his wife and daughter. Oh, that would have been um, cool. Yeah. I, I kind of thought they were leading into that. Like, I thought he was going to send it to them and then, like, voice call him or something. But then Nebula walks up. But that's okay. That's a little Easter egg that we didn't need. I just would have liked. Yeah, and, like, I know we've talked on this podcast about how much, you know, they really... And Dave Bautista's even said, been public about being like, well, the MCU has not done me as Drax really well at all. Like, he's even the first to admit it. And, like, yeah, we've talked about how Drax, like, specifically Guardians 2 onward, has just been kind of the butt of the joke when he's supposed to be Drax the Destroyer. But I still think Bautista, Dave Bautista, was the right choice for Drax. I just think that the writing and the direction, they didn't, James Gunn and, like, then the Russos, I just don't know that they knew exactly where to take Drax because they had plans for other characters. Yeah, I don't think he was a bad choice for the role. I just, this version of Drax, while not comic book authentic, Mm -hmm. which is totally fine. They do that sometimes, and that works out sometimes. 
but while not comic book authentic, was also not a very enjoyable character. No. So that's not on Dave Bautista, that's on the writing of the character. Right, exactly. And so, like, I, I wish we would have got... Dave Bautista says he, like, wishes that they actually would have given him some closure with, like, his, you know, wanting to kill Thanos or Ronan or, like, whoever, and they just didn't do that, so... Yeah, a couple of the Guardians are just kind of, like... I don't want to say shallow, but, you know, they're just, like... One-dimensional. Yeah. Mantis, Drax, uh... I mean, those are the two that really are, like, the one-dimensional. It might be a consequence of, like, it being, like, a team and, like, everyone besides, like, I don't know, like, uh, Quill, Gamora, like, everyone else is just kind of, like, there. Rocket and Groot. I mean, everybody loves Groot, so, I mean, I can't really say that they haven't developed... lovable ones. Yeah, and... Yeah, so, and they've done a lot with Rocket, because James Gunn has, like, gone on record that Rocket's his favorite character, so. I wonder if we would have had similar problems with Avengers if they had started with an Avengers movie Mm -hmm. and not with solo films. Yeah. Um, So, uh, like, we've had similar complaints about the Hulk storyline, and Hulk only got one movie, so it may be a testament to the fact that there's no opportunity for these characters to develop on their own. Right. Um, and they the, do focus mostly on um, Quill and Gamora, which right. makes the other characters suffer. Yeah, and I, I mean, they have done a little bit with Rocket as well, but, like, they, I think, believe Guardians 3 is going to be more about Rocket, I believe, is what they've said, so. I hope he mellows out a little bit. I mean, I think he mellowed out a bit more, like, endgame-wise. I mean, I, I don't think he was as much as, a, as an asshole in, in endgame, Infinity War and Endgame. Like, compared to, like, Guardians 2, or he, and both Guardians, like, Guardians 2 specifically, though, where he was an asshole most of the movie. Yeah. Losing half of life on Earth will kind of have that effect, I imagine. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, he literally watched all... All, like, all the rest of his family die, or, like, he saw that they had died. He watched Groot die is at that point. That, like, that Groot was his son, basically. Yeah. So, um... We're getting off topic. Yeah, sorry. I, I mean, we're talking about the Guardians, and this is a Guardian-styled episode, but... Same thing, same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, Ed, and people know us, sometimes we go off track a little bit, but... All right, I'll get us back on track, though. Um, and then we also... Let's talk about the Collector a bit more. We've talked about how his look is a lot different. And I just think Benicio Del Toro sounded different from what I've been used to seeing him, as I said. Um, that being said, I mean, it made him so much more formidable because he is fill As JJ said, that he's filling the void that Thanos left because he's good now. So it, it was a cool thing to have the Collector be this, like, big bad... Um, so um it was i kind of thought the collector was like pretty neat so i'm glad he was like even more of a threat in this oh yeah for sure um compared to guardians one and then like he just dies in infinity war we assume he died in infinity war so we never saw that and like from what he has the potential to be here it makes me think that really he is closer to being on thanos's level and the collector i don't think he's a celestial but um, in the, he is... Go ahead. In the comics, he might be, but they definitely, like, made it... Probably made it so he wasn't as much. And I know in the comics, and they didn't go through this at all, but him and the Grandmaster, so if him and Jeff Goldblum, like, in the comics, Grandmaster and Collector are brothers. 
Yeah, they're definitely these powerful beings in the universe. Um, I love the fight between T'Challa and the Collector because that felt so authentically like that character to me. Yes. Um, in being formidable, he's like, I don't care if I'm going to kill you. I'm still going to show off all of these things I have because that's what I do. Look at all these toys. Oh, my God. That was so good. I'm the Collector, baby. <laughs> and I've seen that kind of thing from other characters and not liked it before. But mm -hmm. from him, I like it because that is his character. Right. Yeah. And someone like uh, like Neo in The Matrix, that just seems over the top. Like pulling out all these guns from just nowhere. I don't care. You know? <laughs> that was pretty neat. He pulls out that fucking weapon rack. He's like, oh, he's got the hammer and he's got the shield and he's got the weird helmet that that one lady wears. Hella. Ragnarok. Yeah, <laughs> that one. Yeah, Hela's helmet, that was awesome, and her, like, daggers, because she has a helmet, like, that was cool, and then you saw Captain America's shield in there, so, I mean, there, there was a lot of cool stuff in, in there, um, so it was cool to see more Easter eggs. Yeah. So. And, and the Collector is a great, uh, I guess, avenue, to, or medium to use for Easter eggs, because... I mean, he collects. Yeah, well, Guardians 1, he had, there were some Easter eggs in that, or, like, um, you know, they had Easter eggs when the collectors showing up, or, like, the post-credits of Dark World leading into Guardians. Um, they had, like, Dark Elves in the cases. They had, like, a couple of things from James Gunn's previous movies. So, um, that, sure. it, was a, it was really cool that, you know, that they, I feel like they, now they've used the collector to really his fullest potential at this point. Um, besides like maybe making him a celestial and having him and Jeff Goldblum meet up and banter, which I think Jeez. would be really interesting. I think my, uh, my favorite thing about this character is that we finally have this like really out there wonky, like super villain. Mm -hmm. Like we, we've had these, kind of kooky characters before we've had the collector we've had the grandmaster we've had others and we get all these villains but this feels like a nice change of pace from a lot of other villains we get in the mcu yeah for sure um we also get the awesome i also want to mention a couple other things i mean we have the awesome line that it's repeated a couple times with like yondu and t'challa the uh ravagers don't fly solo um that was that's just a cool line makes the ravagers like more interesting like more of a team i guess um or more of like you know a band of mercenaries more than just like you know i, I don't think we ever got that feel for the ravagers necessarily before especially because guardians 2 is literally the ravagers all turning on each other so yeah <clears throat> another thing that helps that in this movie too is that they showed them in their off time yeah like just joking around and bonding which is not something we got in the other movie or the in the Guardians movies. Mm -hmm. But I mean that also makes sense because in Guardians Star Lord had went off and done his own thing. He wasn't part of the Ravagers anymore. Right. So yeah. Right. Exactly. Um Yeah, so then uh we also get um the awesome scene of T'Challa going into the Wakandan ship in the collector's museum and getting the message from his father, um, and being like, you know, that you still have a home here. And I thought that was a beautiful message and like I, I also there was also the line of Yandu saying like uh it, there's always room in the galaxy for someone like you, I believe is what the line was. 
Um, that was also a great line. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed stuff like that. And of course we get that Wakandan scene where they, you know, T'Chaka and T'Challa reunite. Um, and you know, you have the <laughs> Thanos telling Okoye about, you know, snap, uh, about his, you know, his old plans and all sure that stuff. Sure is efficient. Yeah. <laughs> so there, that there's some. Well in that case, but I also didn't need that to be a joke that happened more than once in this episode. Yeah. He said that like straight up like three or four times. They're yeah, like, get it? That's the guy who tried to wipe out half the universe. I'm like, I know, I saw both movies. <laughs> yeah, we've seen the Infinity Saga, so... <laughs> That's yeah. only the highest grossing theater film ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, All right. it was at one time, apparently Avatar overtook Endgame. <laughs> but, mm. again... <laughs> People only saw that so many times because, like, wasn't it one of the first, like, really good 3D movies? Yeah, in 2008, I believe, too. For, like, that time, the CGI was really, really good. Yeah. Um, and I... I mean, I don't... I think maybe it was just because when they re-released again to beat Endgame, I feel like people were just itching to go to a movie. So, that's probably... Let's fucking go. Or James Cameron was like, I can't let, the, I can't let them get away with this. <laughs> I mean, if Endgame re-released again in theaters, I'm pretty sure it would retake it again, too. So... Probably. I might see it again. Yeah, so... Um, one thing I do want to call out, uh, you mentioned the scene with T'Challa in the ship. I couldn't help but notice the parallelism between that and Hulk in the ship with Natasha's message. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the Qu Quinjet, I think. Um, yeah, it was the Quinjet, yeah. And uh, whatever they call their ships in Wakanda, like, they had similar feels in, in like, what was going on there. Yeah, that I can definitely see that parallel too. Great observation, JJ. Um, yeah. So, um, and then we let's talk about the end scene. So then you know Jeffrey Wright is as the Watcher is like you know there's other stories to tell now like but there you know this is another story for another time. But we get to the Dairy Queen in Missouri, which appeared in Guardians too, um, and that's where Ego planted his little part of himself that you know turn into that blob that started like Dairy eating. queen is in guardians too yeah if you I if, forgot about that before. yeah so um that means Dairy queen has been in the mcu twice this is huge <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so you, we see peter quill listening to his music still because he would still have that connection to his mom and uh you know mopping the floors of the dairy queen and then uh, he turns around and Ego's there and be like, uh, you know, it's Kurt Russell having one line of like, you know, you thought you could escape me or whatever his line was. I can't remember, but, um, and so then, uh, Peter Quill gets taken by Ego still, so. And he's like, not even, I mean, I guess he would still be like possessing some of that godhood he would still be less yeah he wouldn't have all the fun technology right he wouldn't have the you know the experience in space and whatnot so i you know i that's an, it is interesting to think about but i mean i don't know if we're actually going to get a look into that what if you know you know how is so does the world just end because ego just took peter like you know or that universe i guess there's a chance. I mean, like, you also have, like, T'Challa and crew out there, so they can be like, hey, and kick his ass. But... <laughs> yeah, but then... You easily see that turning into Peter becoming evil, because uh, growing up on Earth, 
he may have just like sat in all that resentment and anger over his mother dying yeah and not like done the things he did in the guardians movies to resolve it plus like you know being in space and getting all the experiences he had with the ravagers had would have had a profoundly different effect on him uh than like this life but yeah dude a fight between like evil star lord or like evil peter and T'Challa Star-Lord, that would be cool. Yeah, and, I, like, I did want to say, like, I and I was definitely in the feels, and I, I still, like, I love Peter Quill still, but, like, yeah, T'Challa Star-Lord, and it's just, like, because this was also Chadwick Boseman, or one of his last performances ever, like, I mean, it definitely hit hit us in the feels, uh, for sure. Um, but, I and T'Challa Star-Lord's, like, really awesome, uh, so... I really enjoyed that take on the character, so. Yeah, that was a nice little scene to put at the end. Yes, the tribute as well. We get the uh, our hero, our inspiration, our friend, uh, Chadwick Boseman, at the end, very end, which was nice. Because either they, I feel like either they had to do that or, you know, they had to do that uh, Chadwick Boseman intro they put for Black Panther. But that might be saved again for Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, so. Yeah, the- uh, Black Panther 2 is probably going to have, like, a tearjerker at the end. Yeah. Like, just, like, a memorial-type thing. It definitely, and at the beginning, I mean, I, I've, they have yeah. to explain T'Challa being gone, so... Yeah. Um, I, I just wonder how they're going to do that, but, I mean, I guess that, like, uh, the watch, like Jeffrey Wright said at the end of the episode, this is another story for another time, so... And yeah. the future will talk about that when Wakanda Forever is out, so... Um, all right, is, is, uh, do we want to head to our predictions or is there anything else we wanted to discuss before we hit our episode three predictions? I think I've said everything I need to say. Okay. Um, so for predictions, so supposedly the next episode, that's an, it's an interesting one possibly just because we've gotten so much exposure to this character again recently because of the Loki series, but apparently it's. I believe it's supposed to be a what if Loki ruled the universe after Avengers. Oh, let's go. So, um, Uh. so that's supposedly what episode three is going to be next week. I, again, I'm not sure if these are going to connect. Um, you know, we wondered that after the first episode with the tie in to Avengers, um, there's been like promo footage of there's potentially there's like going to be like guardians of the multiverse, but I don't know if that's like, just like marketing for this show. So, I don't know. Um, I I guess if the Loki thing is happening, I still like Loki, still love Tom Hiddleston. It's just, like, we've gotten so much exposure to him because of the Loki series recently. So, it's kind of like, you know, I I part of me would like to see, you know, if, if this whole series was about T'Challa Star-Lord, like, I would love to just watch, finish watching, you know, watch more Chadwick Boseman, but... Yeah, but, like... Hey, if the next episode is about Loki, like that's got me gassed up. Yeah, I'll still Plus, enjoy it. Going back to evil Loki too, you'd be seeing, you know, manipulative and evil prime. Yeah, yeah. So that'll that'll still be interesting. But uh, what are your, what do you what do you guys predict for? I guess next week. I don't really know that I have any predictions, but I do want to put in my thoughts. Um, I do think Mil- or Loki is a little bit overused. Um, I, I thought that for a while just mm-hmm. in the MCU movies, even before the Loki TV series came out, I know he's a fan favorite. Um, 
So that's just more personal preference. Um, mm-hmm. I do hope they do like a completely evil version of Loki here. Uh, just because that really feels like the only side of him we haven't seen. We've right. really seen more of a good Loki. We've seen a more middle-of-the-road Loki. And like in the first Thor, he was, for the purposes of him being a god, he really was just being a brat. Like he wasn't being truly evil. He just was being a, a tantrum teen, it, it seemed like. Yeah, uh, that that's definitely true for sure. But I can't really make predictions because that's such a big concept that there's so many different directions they could go with that. Yeah, and we don't know if this is going to connect or not. So, um, with it with itself, um, or even just the larger MCU, is this you know, is this going to be uh, mean something bigger? I, we don't know. Uh, Gabe, do you have anything else? I guess predictions or like anything to add? But uh, I think it'll probably go how we picture it or i picture it going just mm-hmm. like loki gets away with it or he just like manages to conquer a lot of space i don't know uh, I'm, I'm not really sure like what they're really gonna do because like we all kind of know what would happen if loki like actually successfully got what he wanted but yeah yeah for sure um uh, did you guys want to know, like, apparently, supposedly what, like, the rest of the... Because they all... There's also, like, people that were... There's also, like, a leak of what uh, the other episodes are supposedly about. Or do you, did you guys want to hear that? Because I did have, like, the... I did see that online. Give me the deets. So... Spoiler alert. Yes. For all listeners. Yes, for anybody that doesn't want to know potential... <laughs> Uh, so episode four, apparently after this Loki episode next week, apparently is Doctor Strange, but what if, like, he had some other tragedy besides his hands and, like, uh, like, went more, like, a darker Doctor Strange? Yo, that'd be messed up. Like, yeah. If, hmm. Like, I, what if he had, like, had, like, really bad, like, uh, emotional trauma or something? I, I think know. the tragedy is something like, what if he loses Christine Palmer, his, like, Rachel McAdams character, like, if, because he, like, they, te- he technically liked her, like, he, like, they, you know, he, he was in love with her a little bit, um, in Doctor that Strange. That would be a scary villain. Yeah. Because he is incredibly powerful. Yeah. So, that, that is potentially there. There's, episode five is supposedly going to be, I believe, if Thor wound up in Vegas instead of New Mexico and it becomes Party Thor. Um, I don't know if that's going to be different from Endgame Thor, Bro Thor. Uh, I I don't... I, I was going to say, I don't think that... Like, we won't get the depressed Thor. So, like, this I will be a different Thor in what he does and how he acts. Because um, I don't think he'll just be, like... He won't be so invested in his own self-pity. He'll, he'll still be, like, more of a, I guess, arrogant hero. Yeah, he won't have the growth that he got in New Mexico over, like, two days with Jane Foster. <laughs> <laughs> um, or deal with, like, sac- at least sacrificing himself with the Destroyer and Loki. Like, he won't have that necessarily, uh, maybe. Um, I don't know. And then uh, some other episodes, I don't know the exact numbers, but I believe there was rumors of the Guardians of the Multiverse. We'll see how true that is. There's also a thing, I believe, what if uh, Ultron got Vision as his body? 
in Age of Ultron, like, that is interest and, like, collected the Infinity Stones, supposedly. Like, there was, there's some rumors of that. Um, there's, um, the Marvel's Avengers Assemble, mm-hmm. it's an animated series. Um, like, they get more into, like, what Ultron is like in the comics. I would be very happy to see that in the more mainstream Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Because Ultron is way more formidable in the comic books than yeah. he was portrayed in the MCU. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to still have James Spader voice him, but yeah, be more menacing. Yeah. Um, but, because um, I still think James Spader was a great voice for Ultron, but... Um... Yeah, he really was. Mm-hmm. James Spader is just a good villain voice. <laughs> <laughs> um. I can't remember what else there was, supposedly, but there's supposed to be nine episodes, so. Huge. In season one, and apparently they've already confirmed a season two. Oh, and the other one was Marvel Zombies. Yes, Zombies, that that has been heavily teased, and supposedly, oh, Spider- yeah, yeah, yeah. supposedly Spider-Man is going to have Doctor Strange's uh, cloak and be like a zombie hunter, supposedly. Oh, and- That's so interesting, what the hell? And uh, Killmonger, what if Killmonger came and saved Tony Stark? That was the other one. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that in the trailer. See, that, like, those clips had me hype. I hope they're, like, yeah. a little better than the first two episodes. Not, like, trying to dog on the first two episodes, but, like, I, yeah, I totally I they'd be a little better, you know? I will say, like, closing thought, I, I do agree with you guys. There was more childish uh, humor than I expected. Um, and, yeah, like, I, I just... I'm interested. I like. I really like this concept. I really like some of the stuff that they've been doing. I just, you know, I don't want it to just be a only made for kids thing. So, right, right. Yeah. To- totally agreed. Um, this is like my biggest problem with the Marvel Disney merger mm-hmm. is like there is a distinct change from what Marvel movies were in like Phase One to what they are now. They were grittier then. Not very much, but they were. But yeah. I do want some, like, dark, serious ones. Black Widow is a good example of what they could do to get that tone. It doesn't need to be as dark as Invincible is, but, like, it's still... Like, some of this stuff is way more serious than it comes off when Disney does Disney things. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, if I could go to the theaters and, like, every time I watch a Marvel movie, I'm in for a different experience, that would be cool. Like, yeah. not, like, you know, all the characters are different. We love them. We love, you know, the places they go, the things they do. And that's all fun and all that. And, like, you know, like, I mean, there's, like, the nuanced differences. Like, Guardians has more music. Guardians has a bit more, like, goofy-ass humor sometimes. But, like, yeah. this is what I said before. When I, like, all Marvel just kind of feels like one blockbuster genre. And I yeah. just, like... Not they, as much difference. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I wanted the DCEU to do. People were like, how are they going to balance like the symbolism of Superman with like the darkness of Batman? I'm like, just do both. Like, have a really, like, have a Batman movie that pushes it with like a PG-13 rating maybe. And then like, do like a really nice Superman. But I'm, I'm really veering off topic here. No, you're good. Um, I And like... Um, I guess last thing I did want to say with JJ's point, yeah, like Black Widow showed 
Marvel could go dark. I would argue Black Panther had some really good themes in there that it wasn't completely humorous. Like it went into, you know, the, you know, what it means to be, uh, black and, you know, deal with the racial issues. Um, I'm going to go even further than that though. Like, yes, that was an excellent example of being more adult themes. Yes. But like, I want there to be more realism, um, and it be less tailored as a family movie. Yes. Um, one big aspect of that is there's no blood ever. Yeah. Unless, unless aside from like cuts, um, we we'll see cuts like minor stuff, and we'll see like alien blood all the time because yeah. it's different colors. But we never see like what actually would happen in a fight. And um, shout out to the mouse baby. What is that? Shout out oh, to the mouse. Oh, duh. <laughs> yeah. The mouse. Yeah, well, I mean, like, for example, Civil War, you have Captain America and Sam, you have Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson throwing shields and, like, hitting people with, Sam's hitting people with his wings. Like, shouldn't that decapitate somebody? Exactly, (laughs) yeah. Like, again, it doesn't need to be invincible levels. It really doesn't. But I just want it to be a little more, like, what comic books should be. Yeah, that, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, So... Um, I mean, at least Black Widow gave us a broken nose, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. Um, alright, I think we've gone off-topic for a lot of this, but, it, I mean, we, we discussed all the major points, so I think we're good to, uh, sign off. Hopefully Will will be back next week. Something came up, so he couldn't be on with us tonight, but, uh, hopefully, uh, next week, um... But also next week, uh, not only are we doing What If Episode 3, we are also going to finish our Pokemon coverage. JJ, Will, and I are going to do Galar and talk Sword and Shield. So that's going to be exciting. And I'm actually hopefully going to be finishing Sword and Shield before that, including, like, or at least getting through, like, the story and, like, the DLC stuff, because I'm working on that, along with completing the Pokedex, which I'm probably not going to finish in a week. But, (laughs) um... But that's, uh, and then, of course, what if episode four, uh, wait, or episode three, and then, you know, we'll continue doing, like, all the episodes on from that, and we'll do Shang-Chi as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, lots of stuff coming, or some stuff coming up. Um, so, all right, well, I will, uh, or we will see you guys next time on Tribe of Nerds.